Okay, so Midsummer is. Damn it! Now ah. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Midsummer. Midsummer. <laughs> Midsohorny. Oh, Midsohorny. Oh, All the truth is oh, coming out now. Midsohorny. Oh, oh. So horny. Oh, oh, me so mad. Oh, no, Mitsamari. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that's recorded. That's at the beginning. That's funny. Oh, I hope so. Me love you long time. Oh, oh. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of We Need to Talk About Horror. I'm Andy Trufenbach. Patrick Courtcamp. I'm Rin Maddox. And Niles Maddox. And today we will be talking about the, well, shit, it's now in theaters. We actually gave you a couple day bump buffer uh, to go see it so we don't spoil it for you. But we will get into some spoilers, but we'll give you some fair warning about Midsommar, which is apparently the way you pronounce it. I didn't say it. The director did. The director so, I mean, did. if don't, the director is saying Midsommar... Don't look at me. Then that's how you say it. I don't make the rules. Anyway, before we get going, uh, thanks to everybody that came out to the St. Louis Punk Flea Market. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we did have some listeners. Stop rolling your eyes, <laughs> Niles. I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, it was hot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to um, Mark and his two buddies, which unfortunately I forget their names, but I remember one dude was wearing an X-Men t-shirt. <laughs> Thanks, X-Man. <laughs> Thanks, X-Man. I have that shirt, too. Oh, I bet you Bet do. you fucking do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for everybody that stopped by. And again, thanks to Matt from Messed Up Puzzles for being our neighbor. Of course, you know, we brought the canopy. We didn't want him to burn in hell because it was hot. It was super hot. We only lasted about seven hours. <laughs> only? <laughs> only seven hours. Well, once the boys were wrapping up, when the Nightmare well, yeah. Shop boys were done, I was like, well, we're done. The It was like 11 to 10 was supposed to be We weren't even event. selling anything. Like, we no. were literally just being like... Well, hey. I was selling, like, spare DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> Nobody's gonna buy. No. That's not true. I made $20. <laughs> okay. Which is better than... Let's focus. Nothing. Anyway. <laughs> it was fun. Thank you to Don. Thank you to the Silver Ballroom. Thank you, everybody that stopped by. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> no. Uh, let's go through our housekeeping. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Destroy the Brain, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash we need to talk about horror. That's our exclusive Facebook group. We're also on Facebook for Destroy the Brain at Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. Uh, tweet at us. Instagram us. At us. At us. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I'll say it again before we end the show, but our upcoming event is, well, we got two of them, July 9th, Tuesday, July 9th, so the following Tuesday after this is released, we'll be showing Maniac, the 1980 Bill Lustig film at the Heavy Anchor. And Messed Up Puzzles will be premiering and selling their Maniac Puzzle. So you could have an erection through jeans. No Pain bare out. erections. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but anyway, I think that whole thing starts Full chafe? around 9. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. going to be a late night. Um, and then July 18th is Horror Trivia Night. And that starts at 8 and it's completely free. So uh, be sure to come on out. 
okay. Also at the heavy anchor. Also at the heavy anchor, yeah. Ugh, oh, boy. It's going to be a rough one, guys. All right, let's get into what we've been watching. All right, this is a segment of the show where we talk about what we've been watching in between the recordings of the episodes. It's been a while since we've done this, but we've narrowed it down to three a pop, and Patrick gets to go first. All right. Well, I saw The Dead Don't Die, and I think uh, most, if not all of us, have seen it. Yep, right? we were all yep. there. We, you guys were all there. Different screening, but uh, I am I actually like Jim Jarmusch quite a bit. Uh, coffee and cigarettes, I like... Uh, Ghost Dog, uh, Dead Man, Broken Flowers. You know, he, he's got a pretty good filmography, and this was kind of interesting seeing him get into the horror genre. And this is kind of, I almost feel like, uh, well, I guess just to kind of give you a brief synopsis, it's basically in a small town, and Adam Driver and Bill Murray play these cops, and they're kind of in the middle of this zombie uprising that's happening in the town. The humor is what you would expect from Jim Jarmusch, but it what came to my head when I was watching it is it kind of felt it was very Twin Peaks esque. Yeah, just because it's there's all these strange characters in it and, and that type of surreal, bizarre humor and everything. But uh, I actually liked the movie overall. Uh, my biggest issue with it was. Uh, I almost feel like that <laughs> the movie is kind of came out too late in a way because that I, I think the, being a dead horse kind of a thing. The, well, first, my first issue with it is the way it presents the message of, you know, like the whole metaphor of everything with consumerism and everything, which I agree with. Yeah. But he was presenting it as if he was saying something new. Yeah. And I was just like, well, hasn't it always been a metaphor for that? Like, right. wasn't that like the whole point of, of like, like Dawn of the, of the yeah, Dead? For sure. Like, you're not like, I don't know. Like, I was just kind of like, why don't you? I, I kind of wish he would have just did something different instead of something that we got in right. every single zombie movie prior to that. What about the global warming aspect? That okay, you got a point there. That was kind of nice, yeah. But like, but the movie ends on that footnote with Tom Waits' character, like, you know, with his monologue at the end, and I was just like, oh, well, yeah, can you do something a little different? I don't know. I, so I guess it's the ending in general that I had issue with, but also I I think my other issue is like beating a dead horse is the zombie comedy thing what about that fourth wall breaking the fourth wall breaking was kind of crazy kind of goofy but yeah i think my take on it was like the first time they did it i was like oh that's cute he yeah you know you're like oh i've seen enough of his movies to know that yeah yeah, he would do that like fuck it yeah i can do whatever i want i make art films yeah but this is this is a (laughs) film that's well that's the thing is like when i saw the trailer for this i'm like oh god no so many people are gonna go see this and there's they're just gonna hate it because it's not he doesn't make movies for everyone and he knows that so that's it's he's one of those guys that it feels like he gets his friends together and makes a movie because he always works with the same well yeah and that was like well so that's and then they kept breaking that fourth wall and like towards Mm -hmm. the end it's just like okay seriously guys like yeah 
I'm like trying to invest something into this movie. Yeah. And you're basically telling me it doesn't matter. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. Cause like, you know, they're like, Oh, is this scene in the script and like, things like that. But I think, uh, that being said, like the whole zombie humor thing kind of beat a dead horse at this point for me. The movie did have some really funny moments and I, uh, actually, re- I mean, Adam Driver is one of my favorite actors. I'm not, yeah. ju- I'm not just saying that cause of Star Wars, but <laughs> he's one of my favorite actors. Did you, did you see him when he was on girls? Yeah. Back in the day? yeah. Okay. So I mean, he's great. With I've that. been a huge fan. Of, I just, I think he's a phenomenal yeah, actor and, and the fact that he has just that tone and his, that, that's the, what was the funny, way he's like, just, his image is yes, big. And, he's always like, he's always at like that serious, you know, kind of, straight style i've been like but like him saying these funny lines in this movie like you know ghouls zombies (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's the thing it's funny but when he shows up at the the tidy car yeah yeah i mean the thing is it's funny yeah but it's as funny as like coffee and cigarettes is funny yeah yeah. so if you don't think that's funny you are not gonna like this movie it's just very dry tongue-in-cheek just yeah and bill murray's being bill murray you know tilda swinton Tilda Swinton. Oh okay, my so god, she's, she's pretty cool. Okay. She was a great character. Yeah, yeah. The only like badass part was her character. I thought like the only thing that's like worth like oh, if you're going to see an action film and you want like a badass character, that's like the yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was it. But yeah, overall, I did like it though. I mean, I I would recommend it if you know what you're getting into. Like with his, would you uh, rate it Letterboxd? I give it a three out of five. Yeah, I think I did too. So you know, yeah. I, I I can't complain too much. It's just. It, there's nothing about it that really sets it apart from other things, but right. it's it's a good watch, you know? Yeah, that was about my grade, too. I was about to say, I thought you felt about the same, too. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest pet peeve for it was the breaking of the fourth wall. I was <sighs> just like, that didn't need to be here. Do, do one of them, and it's cute, I get it, you guys are all friends. Like yeah. what he says, oh, that's the theme song. Like that part, right. I, was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> And that everybody's talking about, oh, the yeah. dead don't die. I love this song. Right, like everybody's right. supposed to know what it is. Like it like, was really a Selena song. Gomez. You know who this song is? <laughs> I felt like a lot of the characters that were in that could have used, I don't know, a little bit more of a story. But I guess yeah. he just wanted to push his messages. It didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter didn't at the matter. end of the day with what no, he like, wanted to do. Like Patrick said, I think he just wanted all these friends. Yeah, in the movie. I liked the horror nerd because it was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. And it's Caleb Landry Jones, who's a really weird dude in life. Also, anyway. also in Twin Peaks. Yes. Anyway, yeah, Dead Don't Die. I, I think it's worth a watch for sure. Maybe, yeah. Maybe don't run out to the theater to go see it unless you're a huge Jarmusch fan. All right, Ren, what'd you have? Uh, recently watched They Come Knocking. It's from Hulu's Into the Dark series. Um, basic short little synopsis of it is a dad takes his two daughters out on a road trip after mom passes away and it's essentially about grief and just overcoming that but the elements of horror that are in it are pretty shocking um there's definitely a moment where i'm questioning what's going on in the movie because it's like oh shit this person is dead and this is way more gruesome than i was expecting and then yeah rug gets pulled out from under you yeah. A little bit. I thought, so, I mean, a lot of people hated it. Um, from it whatever. wasn't the best movie I've No, no. Seen. The thing is, I, I, th- I thought it was great, um, but because I feel like it was one of the most emotional horror movies I've seen in a long time, where they really gave you some depth into some family structure and grief, and and literally the movie is about dealing with grief. So, kind of like Pet Cemetery, which, you know, we talked a lot about on the show, 
it has a lot of elements that are like, okay, yeah, this is a drama, but then they wanted to add some horror elements to make it. It's fine. It reminded me a lot of um, the kid. Let's. I'm lost here. French movie with kids, the little jingle of things. Ills? Them. them. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Ills. Ills. Yeah, it had the same like elements as them, for sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. No oils. Um, I checked out Sandman, the uh, pseudo-documentary. From Do you like, want to pronounce it, like spell it out, because it's different spelling? Okay, yeah, so they even joke about it in the movie. It's yeah. S-and-man. S ampersand manned. So S and man. Yeah. Yeah. Sandman. Uh it's yeah, so it's a, a pseudo documentary. So you're you're kind of in the <laughs> it's like the underculture of torture porn? I don't know, right? Videos snuff tapes. Snuff tapes. It's basically about a guy going to different conventions and interviewing people that do low budget, you know. Fan film kind of stuff, you know, pay to, you know, pay to play kind of stuff, and uh, he ends up meeting a guy who's very interesting, and ends up finding, you know, that he's basically stalking people and uh, making movies about them, and yeah, so you you're led. I'm not gonna. I don't think I should ruin it. Should I ruin it? No, no, because I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Okay, so. but it's a. It's, it's phenomenal. I thought it was great. I, I was like, can't believe it took me this long to watch this movie. But uh, yeah, it definitely scared the shit out of me. And if uh, if you're a person who is scared of like creepy dudes, creepy dudes stalking you, yeah, that is right up your alley. Then if you're into that, I was terrified the whole time we were watching this movie. To be perfectly honest, because I did not know that it was a pseudo documentary <laughs> until right. after we were done watching. Yeah, it, I kind of so. wish Niles left that up because that's the thing. That's I think the potency of that movie is that you don't know if it's real or not. I mean, in the oh description boy. it says pseudo documentary. Okay, it was scary. Yeah, it, it's super super creepy. It's probably one of the creepiest because the character who he's interviewing that he suspects is really doing these acts is the most normal basement dweller just nice kid living in his mom's basement you know and you're just like oh he's a cute kid and he's making these scary films for people and he's then he's a cute kid and then like he just keeps asking him like you're getting like permission to follow these girls right and he's just like oh yeah and then yeah just i mean he's asking to get caught though yeah like that's the whole thing he just keeps being like Hey man, did you check out my new tape? Hey, I'm sending you my new tape. You know, and like he's that kind of guy who like wants the attention, like he wants to get caught, mm -hmm. like in Seven. Yeah. Where did you watch this? What? How was this available? Oh, I, I borrowed it from you. Don't you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So uh, if you want to watch that, yeah, I don't think it's available on any streaming service, but you should be able to find the DVD pretty cheap. Magnet put it out, so. All right, uh, Annabelle Comes Home. I watched that, and I reviewed it. Uh, you could read the review on the website, or just stay tuned, and I'll tell you my thoughts. Um, I don't know. I Part of me thinks it's really weird that there's three Annabelle films and only two Conjuring films. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> but let's, like, the For scope now. of it, like, the Conjuring films are, like, good. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't. That's how hugest. I would separate them. Well, I mean, like you've seen the nun. <laughs> you've seen. No, I haven't seen the nun. What? Yep. I don't really. You care don't to need see to. It, to but it's honest. okay. It is. It is okay. It's fine. 
I mean, Corin Hardy directed that one, and that's the only interest that I had to watch The Nun, but I wasn't a huge fan of Conjuring 2 either. Um, I love to. I thought I love to. I absolutely. It's scared. It's like one of the, know, one of the best ghost. Movies I saw that in the ever. theater, and I'm telling you, I was super stoked to find out they were doing a nun movie because she scared the fuck out of me in that theater. And oh, yeah. she was a late edition too. So that's what I'm getting at is that I I feel that the second one was pretty weak, and it's also it feels. Over long. You can shake your head all you want. I disagree totally. I saw it twice I thought, in theaters. I'm saying I thought Conjuring 2 was better than Conjuring 1. Oh. I agree. Absolutely. I that agree. scared the oh, piss. Yeah. It had multiple things to be scared of. Like the and old the man. characters the, were good. And Rent, the characters were good. I, yeah. The old man. That's insidious. No, no, no. those are the old men who's like oh, the house. Slender Man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slender Man, right? Thin Man? No, no that's that's not the it. Crooked Man. The Crooked, crooked man. man, yeah. So you had multiple things to be scared of in that movie. But Annabelle comes home also introduces other ghosts and entities, and like I don't need seven different offshoot movies. Oh, so that's what they're they're really getting. I don't this universe. know. I mean, they hopefully not. Hopefully, so Annabelle comes home is basically a fun house. Like spook house movie. That's all it is. It's very contained. It's all in one house. Uh, the Warrens only really bookend the movie. So, I mean, it's cool that they're in it, though. I, I do appreciate that. I wasn't... I mean, Annabelle was fucking awful, except for... And you like the beginning. <laughs> what? No. Do you like Annabelle? What's it? Annabelle Creation. Creation, that's right. right. Annabelle... Is garbage. pretty horrible, except yeah. for the elevator scene, which you later find out James Wan directed, because, I don't know, I think he just took over, because he realized it's a piece just of Just a shit. single scene? Yeah, he directed <laughs> one single scene. I didn't know that. And then Annabelle Creation, I thought was a step in the right direction. It was a prequel, and it was good. And fun. Yeah. Um, Annabelle Comes Home, I don't think it's bad or anything. It's just, I don't know, it's a it's a sidestep. Yeah. You know, it's not really progressing the the series any further so it makes me wonder if I think we're getting to the point where all these offshoots don't really progress the story that much further or add anything to but are the they making story. money oh sure yeah no I get it I mean Curse of La Llorona was oh it's a Conjuring <laughs> series movie but again it was like one of those things where it was its own thing and they're like well let's inject some Conjuring thing because you know, we're getting money out of that. Was it so the the priest was the only thing that was from that, if I recall? Yeah, but I he mean, was wasn't he in which which F. Marie Abraham? Yeah, yeah, he's in um, Annabelle Creation. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, but and they also show Annabelle's like face in Curse of La Llorona during that flashback that he's telling about. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, Annabelle Comes Home, it's like, if you're a huge fan of the Conjuring series and you buy whatever they sell, uh, definitely go check it out, but I think you could wait until, you know, it comes on HBO or something. Streaming. Or, or streaming, or, you know, just wait yeah, until Yeah, it's it HBO for sure, because they've been, they've been buying up all of them. They did The Nun. That's yeah. how I watched The Nun. With. That's how I was going to watch it, is, you know, I got HBO now. Which is funny, because it. It, it's that's Blumhouse, right? No. No? It's Warner Brothers. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, well, it's like Warner Brothers New Line, right? Oh, because yeah, New yeah. Line Cinema is now their new horror horror offshoot. Kind of sort of. I mean, it's like horror and urban films, really. Okay. So like I think Ride Along is yeah. New Line Cinema. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. It's really weird, but I mean it works because if you think of New Line Cinema, that's all, what I think all of. I think of is Friday and yeah, like yeah, horror yeah. movies. So yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, Annabelle comes home. It's all right. Uh, again, you can check out my review on the website for the official star rating. I just say check it out if you must. Patrick, Andy, and I saw Child's Play opening night. Andy, Andy, sweet good, dreams, good, Andy. Good night, Andy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so going into this movie, this was a uh, this was kind of a risk. Because I I love Child's Play. Andy, you love Child's Play. I do. And this was one of those movies where it was like, this could either be really terrible or at the very least, it'll be an okay time at the movies. And it's cool because Mark Hamill's in it and Aubrey Plaza's in it. How was she? And she was actually really good. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were both pretty delighted. I, I mean, we both ended up loving I mean maybe really liking it I don't know about loving it but uh yeah very fun so anyway what I think the strength of the movie though is that what separates it from the original is that it's not trying to be the original it's that's nice being its own thing so you don't have serial killer Charles Lee Ray possessing a doll via Voodoo. Oh, they did change like that. that. I, I, so, I, oh yeah, no, so it's AI has gone bad. Yeah, so he's like, it's a line of dolls instead of a, instead of good guy dolls. It's the buddy doll. Yeah, and it's more of like an Amazon type of company that does it. So like, you know how with Amazon you you have like, uh, you know, you might have like Alexa and things like that, and where it like connects. Don't to, say like, your name. Oh, whoops. Uh, connects to all your different devices and things like that. So like in this. There's this company called Kaslin, and they have the the Buddy Doll, and the Buddy Doll connects to your TV, connects to your phone, connects to everything, and so you know that sets up where that's going. So basically, this doll goes haywire, and he can like set things off, and you know it. You never know what's gonna happen. But anyway, that's kind of cool. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's kind of its own thing. Yeah, and basically. The reason that he's different is I think it was some guy in the factory who like disabled a lot of the safety settings. Yeah, so on there's him or a disgruntled like Vietnam worker who is assembling the buddy doll, and uh, his boss comes over and yells at him for kind of daydreaming. And he's like, "Get back to work. You know what? You're fired after this. Finish up this doll." And the dude, basically in like '90s hackers form, yeah. like starts typing away at the keyboard and disables all the safety features which turns Buddy into um, a very easily influenced uh, product, I guess. Yeah. It's very hard to say. Like, I thought they were going to go one direction with it, but they went kind of a more vanilla way. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is the the kids are watching, like, the kids watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> and uh, a couple of other things happen where Buddy... Well, his name is Chucky in it, right? But Chucky is um, repeating things that these kids say, and it's all always like, you know, he's cursing. But he learns all these bad things from the kids, so I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to, like, really shine a m- mirror to our youth being just bad people, like bad influences. <laughs> but, kids wow. are the worst. <laughs> yeah. Kids that's, are awful people. That's old man Andy yeah. talking, yeah. but you These know what I mean. kids nowadays. It's just like, oh, maybe you should be careful and kind of censor some of your actions and words. 
around Don't just things. sit your kid yeah. in front of fucking yeah. YouTube all day. Yeah, and and then what what ends up happening? I mean, some of that does happen. There's a line, you know, they shed the line in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, where it's like, "Heads up, bitch." And he says it later, oh, and great. he learned it from Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. So I'm like, that's kind of interesting that all these villainous kind of one-liners that come up are things that he watched in a normal setting. That's yeah. fun. It's and he's, almost like a developmental. Exactly. And, that's and wild. He's, and he's kind of sympathetic in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Because yeah. like he's not doing things because like he's like an evil doll. He'll so if somebody gets in Andy's way, it, something gets in the way of their quote unquote friendship, that's when he'll attack them. He yeah, the equation, and then yeah. he'll be like, you know, are we having fun yet? And like, it, it's almost like he's a child yeah. himself. Then yeah. yeah. So like, if somebody, if he feels that Andy is threatened, he'll attack them, and you know, like, I was only trying to help you, and and then you know. There are parts where, like, he'll put him away, and the doll looks really sad, and it's—I don't know—it's an interesting way to go about it. Like, I—it I, kind of feels like a Goosebumps movie or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind like, of where I would go. Like, with Night of the Living Dummy kind of thing. It's—it's it's very like there. There's some gore in it, but oh yeah, there is. But it's kind—it's of, very lighthearted though. Like that's what um, I was surprised. Yeah, about. I mean, like, it is more humorous than yeah. you would think it is. Yeah. I mean, Aubrey Plaza's in it, so I would yeah. assume that it's going to be yeah. funny. And she, Mark, Mark Hamill was very funny as yeah. the doll. <laughs> and I will say, I think the music the song, also helps. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there is a catchy, like, the buddy song, uh, which we'll play for you guys later, but it's funny. And Are there buddy jammies? catchy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. No, I don't think... I, yeah, there's, there's not that uh, product saturation in like clothing okay. like there was from the first one yeah. like from the original because yeah you could buy the hammer you could buy the overalls and all that yeah that's not here it's just more i guess the consumerism part of it is more oh it's more integrated with your home yeah in other caslin products yeah so caslin yeah. but yeah i agree i mean I, I think it's definitely worth a watch uh, the my only disagreement with it is i wish they didn't call it child's play yeah, um, you know, it probably would have done better if it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it would have done. It may as not well. done better, but it, it probably would have left a better taste in people's mouths. Yeah, yeah, like, agreed. If people would be, you wouldn't piss off Don it. Mancini, right? Who right, I think yeah. does have every right to be pissed off about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that TV show. I hope it's good. Yeah, Rin. I watched Hagazusa, a heathen's curse, mm. which I believe is a German film. It is taking place in the 15th century following a young goat herd who just has the most awful life in the world. Um, as a young child, she sees her mother just die from this horrible sickness, and it's in the 15th Dysentery? century. I don't <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's like a respiratory thing and oh, then like God. mixed with maybe like some infection that went through her like lymph nodes or something because yeah. you see some gnarly stuff. Yeah, she's got some... She's got some rotten armpit going. Um, so <laughs> It's like the plague. It's yeah. the plague. Basically. So it's like the bubonic plague. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. She's got like big old mass. I mean, they just don't say what it is, but it, I mean, if I've seen enough medieval things that'd be like, yeah, that's like the plague. I've seen enough yeah. Like her veins shit. look dark in places that they oh, normally Christ. wouldn't. So right. she's definitely got infection in like her bloodstream. And you can tell it's just not going to end well. And then you see this girl later in her life. She's still definitely treated like an outcast. Um, and she's also just a little bit 
different <laughs> than the rest of the people that live in the mm. town. And there's a lot of people talking about the Christian faith in it. And she's clearly not a follower of that. And they talk about how evil the heathens are. Then there's some more fucked up shit that happens to her because I guess her life wasn't already awful. <laughs> and well, you're not bringing up the main thing here. The fact that she do we want to? No, she's an unwed. The whole, I mean, from the beginning of the movie, she's an unwed mother. She has oh, yeah. a baby, okay. and no one knows who the father is. And the the townspeople, which I mean, this is not like a real town. This is like a scattered homes, and like probably a, a there's like a preacher. So you know, she has a child, and nobody knows who the dad is, and she doesn't have a husband. So where'd the baby come from? So that's really how it starts happening. Like, are you taking care of this kid? You know, who's you know who's the father? Like, you know, they just get inquisitive about this baby, basically. But when it comes down to it, it's the same scenario that her mother had with the town as well. Because she did not have a father either. Oh, okay. It seems like a shitty cycle that should be broken, but mm. I feel like it was broken within the film, and I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Because it was... Okay. There's spoilers about everything, Ooh. so it's... I it's, mean, it's a hand in hand with the witch. If yeah. you liked the witch, this I think was a more effective story. It doesn't have as graphic as I felt like the witch really came to be at the very end of it. I had a hard right. time watching the movie, and I, I felt like it was dull at times. What the witch or this? One? The witch. Okay. They both have a lot of goats. Yeah, <laughs> but this is yeah. I mean, if you like the witch, this is definitely one to check out because I mean, it's the same scenario, scene. It's got the same vibe. It's all gray. What's it called again? I'm sorry. Uh, Haga Hagazusa. Give that a spell. Haga. It is H A G A Z U S S A. Oh, a was, heathen's curse. Was, Go USSA. Right. I was so close. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. I think everyone at this table would enjoy it. Uh, cool. if, if you're into like real burn, slow burn, um, witch stories, I yeah. Like, I like it's it. on Shudder. Like it, it is on Shudder. I also have the Blu-ray, Patrick. Ooh. So. Yeah, it's got some cool imagery, and it definitely has It's very has pretty, a, too. Yeah, mm. it has a culmination at the end that's very shocking, kind of like The Witch, but I think The Witch had... It was duller throughout, and then it had like that bang at the end, and then this one is more. It's got it got some stuff to keep you interested in the middle of it for nice. sure. So solid, solid, salad. Well, that would salad. be your next. Okay, cool. Uh, I watched uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Finally, the one of the few uh, De Palma films I have not seen, and I was just I had a great time with that one. That's, that's fun. That's a good movie. So, so to give you a synopsis, if you haven't seen it, which I feel like I was one of the only people who hadn't at the, you know, sitting watching it, um, it's basically a mixture of Phantom of the Opera, Faust, 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 um, and you know, it, it's before Rocky Horror, but if you you dig a Rocky Horror kind of like dancing around mm -hmm. and having a lot of fun costumes, it's the same kind of. You know what is funny about. Damn yeah. of the Paradise is I like the songs in it. But yeah. I don't think they're as catchy as some of the Rocky Horror stuff. Duh. And you, That's and you have say. Paul Williams yeah. behind the composition of these it, songs, think, which uh, is weird. Yeah. Because no, Paul I, Williams I is an amazing musician. Yeah. But, I, I thought they were great. I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with them. But yeah, they don't have that. Oomph. They don't have that catchiness. I mean, and that's the point of the movie is like, so yeah, the you know, if you come down to it, it's like, it's Paul Williams explaining his life as a person who is 
not the most attractive man, I think, and not the, you know, the guy behind the scenes yeah. selling product for beautiful people to sing and sell and make money. And like that's the whole movie is just his life, I think. And yeah. how he wants to envision himself as this God who has created this, you know, line of music. I mean, he was writing songs for everybody that was a pop singer in the 70s. So uh, and then it's cool to see Jessica Harper and something else other than Suspiria. Suspiria yeah. yeah. And uh, overall, yeah, it was I thought it was really cool visually. Um, I thought the songs were ca- I, I don't know, catchy, but I thought they were they were fine. Um, but yeah, if you like Rocky Horror and you, you like that kind of uh, fun, campy, campy, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good. Yeah, it's, it's real fun. good. Mm-hmm. I'm really upset I hadn't seen it till a couple weeks ago. So, and that's on Shutter. Well. And then yeah, and then for me, it's like you know I watched that De Palma. You know, was it De Palma? That was yeah, the name of the documentary. I, yeah. So I've been really trying to catch up on the things I hadn't seen. This was one of them, and it's I mean, it's out there for him. It's not like a, but it's definitely got his like it's still set got the signature, stone yeah. signatures, especially like the, the split screen. Split yeah. screen. You have a lot, which of I think the, is the least effective split screen in, in, in his movies. Yeah. And uh, also the like the long shot. There's a few of them. Yeah, um, not as long as a lot of his movies, but like it's still got that long take right. of following. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. If yeah, if you like something campy and fun, but also with a little darkness to it, that that would be one to check out. Cool. So um, I watched Sergio Martino's All the Colors of the Dark. This is the seven release that they put out. I had the shameless release. Well, I still have the shameless release, which is okay, but Severin's presentation of it just kind of blows it out of the water. Um, this often gets classified as a giallo film. Um, I struggle to say that it is a giallo film, mainly because it's more about witchcraft and like hippie cults, uh, kind of new age thinking. And basically... The main character is Ed, Ed, uh, Edwidge Fennick, who is a gorgeous woman. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. He's gonna like. um, she was in Hostel 2, but she she was like a teacher or something. It's a cameo role that only the real fucking nerdy people got, probably. Only the real fans will know. Um... I don't know if you've ever seen anything with her in it. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Probably not. All right. Well, anyway, um, so she uh, has been having kind of some bad dreams um, as of late, some stress, and she's gone to a psychiatrist, and her husband or fiancé is kind of at wit's end with her going to see a psychiatrist as well. Uh, because he's just like, there. it doesn't seem to be helping you. I don't know what we need to do. And one of her friends says, oh, well, you need to come to <laughs> this gathering that me- I go to, and it really helped me. And what she, what this friend takes her to is essentially a uh, witch cult where there's this fucking cult leader who has, like, metal fingernails. Ooh, I like that. Like, basically undresses her, and uh, it, there's a couple of sessions where this happens, but, um, yeah, they 
he ends up having sex with her at one point and like everybody Does she know watches. About it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, that's just part of it. But though. it's part of the cleansing or whatever. Of course. That's, <laughs> it's, I've seen Manos. It's really <laughs> kind of fucked up. Um, it, it's a weird. It's not, you know, an afterthought. I don't think it's my favorite Martino film. I think, you know, he's he's made some better films. Like what? Uh, Torso, which oh, is yeah. a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, but I love Torso. <laughs> another Edwidge, Edwidge. It's so hard to say her name, and I love her. Edwidge Fennec film is your vice is a key, or your vice is a locked door, and only I have the key. That's a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a jelly. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to call this a jelly, even like, though it's classified as one. I mean. Suspiria is technically one too, but it's no, not. It's not. But it's not. It it definitely isn't. It gets in the list of it, though. I'm a, telling you. Anytime somebody calls that a giallo, you you have droves of people that come out. No, it's not because it's not because it's, it's not. It's but not a giallo. It goes hand in hand. It's with just that. an Italian film that with is sparkling colors. Yeah, that's it. No, oh, dude, she is a hottie. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I just googled. Yeah, dude. Let me see. Um, shit out I want to see. But I like hot. <laughs> but yeah, um, she's been in a whole oh. bunch of Giallo films and a few Martino films. Um, yeah, it, it's all right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy I got it because I also got that double uh, All the Colors of the Dark and All the Colors of the Giallo, uh, which has all the... Um, That's what I was saying, because I only thing I know about this is it came with the uh, trailers. Right, right. The four-hour Giallo film. Which we, we did watch. We watched some of it, yeah. Yeah, because you can't just sit there and watch like four that hours. Yourself. That's something that's, to put on in the background. Yeah, that's right? what we did. Which is exactly what we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an okay f- movie. Um, I like it. I guess it kind of really depends how you're coming into it. If you're coming into it thinking it's a giallo film, it's not uh, It's not going to be successful for you. But for witchcraft, kind of like witch cult film, it, it's decent. But I will also say that the logic's kind of wonky. But there's also this dude with like um, who's played by Ivan Razumov, and he's got ice blue eyes. It's kind of creepy. Um, and Is he, he follows on the spice? her. I don't know if he's on the spice though. But he follows her throughout. Spice Channel? Or? <laughs> no. no, he follows dude. her throughout the the uh, town. And she gets freaked out about it. And there is kind of one interesting scene that is pretty much a precursor to slasher films where she gets in a car and she tries to start the car and it's not starting. And this is, you know, a tried trope that would come into the 80s when people are trying to escape and the car never starts. This happened here and it's in the early 70s. I think it was 1972 when this movie came out. So it is kind of interesting with that because, you know, I think slasher... um, the genesis of slashers are come from giallo films, which are essentially Italian murder mysteries. That's all it is. Yeah. You just don't know who the killer is, and then you, it gets revealed at the end. I always explain giallo as Columbo with gore. Pretty much. Pretty, and pretty colors sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. The Hitchcock colors. Yeah. All, all the colors of the dark. It's available on Severin. I don't think it's streaming yet on Shudder, even though I know Shudder has some Severin films. But... Take a look. Uh, maybe it is on there. I should have done that before. Anyway. All right. Bye. Patrick. <laughs> bye. Uh, I won't say too much, but I, I did rewatch Hereditary upon 
after uh, we we saw Midsommar, and uh, there's some things I kind of want to get into, but I kind of want to wait till we get into the main topic. But my uh, the one thing I do want to say though is that the movie does still hold up for me quite a lot, quite a bit. I do think I it's a movie that's tough to watch alone in the dark. It's scary, and it's. You know, emotional I don't it's very emotional it's a tough watch man like I I mean for everybody who's I mean I know I've already talked about it on the podcast before but I do kind of want to it's kind of interesting having a fresh take on it after seeing Midsommar and the themes of that movie which we will get into but that was uh Ari Aster's uh debut film uh you know Tony Collette's in it and Gabriel Byrne. I really wanted to watch it this I, week. I, I really, I did. think it'd be fun to maybe do it again. But honestly, I mean, you know, we 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 know the story. You know, it's it's kind of hard to do a summary without spoiling this movie, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but the movie has been out for a while, so it's I been think, out for a while. So yeah, I, can, honestly, I don't know if you need to really go into it because no. I think people that wanted to see it have seen it. We have seen it, yeah. But anyway, I just kind of wanted so. To, but and watching Midsommar and then yeah. watching this, you yeah. Know, do you feel like which one's stronger? Uh, I still think it's hereditary. Personally. Okay, cool. Personally, but I was just I, wondering. I still, but I, I really like both films. But yeah. yeah, like like I said, there's some things that I'll I'll get into once we start talking about. Sure, yeah, no, no. I just kind of wanted to preface that. No, you're fine, say, man. I literally was like this week. I had it on my list to watch every yeah. day, but then I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch something new for yeah the podcast. And I was like, all right, well, I gotta check yeah. out some other stuff. But but one thing I do want to say though is I love the score of the movie, and it's like if you listen to that score. Even while not watching the movie, I mean, it is like bone chilling sometimes. Spooky. Like it is, it's so creepy because, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't. Oh, I can't remember who actually Andy. who actually did the score, but uh, he was he's like a saxophonist, and he <laughs> he uh, he was he's in different. He's played in different bands like Arcade Fire and stuff like what? that, which is weird. And then he goes like and does spooky shit like this. And spooky like, but what's, scary. but yeah, but what's scary? And one thing I'll uh, say that's that I did find kind of similar to this and Hereditary was the final music choices in both films, like it's, closing the closing song. Yes, okay. and it's just the very grand operatic almost celebratory kind of music. You know what I mean? And I just think that's... The climax. It's kind of cool. So anyway. But yeah, it's that movie still scares me. And it's, in a way, that movie is kind of the anti-exorcist. Which is interesting because like both movies get compared to each other as as far as scare level or whatever. Really? But it, but yeah, like... I don't know. I I saw Exorcist when I was young and that thing scared the piss out of me. Colin Stetson. That's the uh, composer. Yeah? Just come so, up with that in your head? No. Thank you, Bryn. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, that's another thing I found interesting is, like, you know, when throughout the promotion of the movie, everybody's saying, like, oh, it's this generation's exorcist and so on and so forth, and I, which I kind of agree with. Oh, I can see for, that. At least for I me. I can see that for sure. But the exorcist is a 
not that sinister of a movie. It ends on a very hopeful note. Hereditary is like, nope. That's that's a movie where evil actually wins in the end. You know. Yeah. Everybody's gone. That's what I it's, like. Yeah, like which no, is cool, no hope. Which is cool because like <laughs> kill all but, hope. But the interesting thing about the movie is the way the music plays at the end and the way the movie actually ends. If you're watching it through the antagonist's eyes, you know, it's a victory for them. And the music's really happy at the end of Hereditary. Right. Because <laughs> victory, like, in a sense. Yeah, so it's like, if you're watching it through their eyes, it's a happy ending for them. <laughs> so it's so weird. And they got their queen. Yeah, yeah, it's so bizarre. But, I mean, yeah, hats off. That's all I have to say. I love endings like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, that end up being just like, awful just yeah. dark, dark and just yeah. like this is what we're leaving you with have fun dreaming about this fuckers yeah like, yeah, no, that's yeah. The shit. so it, yeah i mean it's like a movie where these creepy ass cult people and they're bringing back this demon and the people that you care about in the movie they just happen to be characters that are stuck in this weird situation like they're not the "Quote unquote heroes of the movie, the protagonists—they're right. just—they just happen to be in this awful situation, and they're getting played along until they're all dead, basically, and then the demons brought back. House <laughs> of the Devil, so House weird. of the Devil's one like that—that that, that yeah, has like that yeah. ending. You're just like, oh shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's and you're awful. just like, man. Yeah, it goes from like." One to five hundred. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's just like, Real oh quick. god, there is no hope. All hope is gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I remember leaving that movie and being like, man, I'm kind of bummed out. But yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a movie I still need. I I would like to revisit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like it. Um, I like to have. I, I like the first half. And I like the tone of the movie. Yeah. But it had, okay, I will say this. It probably had, I'm not a person who hates jump scares, right. and I'm not a person who loves them. I'm right in the middle. This had effective jump scares. There yeah. was only, like, that's what I like about it is that there's not that many jump scares. No, and, and that's, like, that's what it is. It's about subtlety. And that's why movies like yeah, The Conjuring it's like, it worked because it had subtle jump scares. Yeah, well, like when I was watching Hereditary the other night, like what creeped me out the most was like you're watching it and then you there's no sound that's announcing like here, now it's time to be scared. It's like, oh, there's something sitting in the background in the dark. I can't tell if my eyes are playing tricks on me or not. Well, like in, like Insidious. Oh, there's a there's a naked guy in yeah. the corner yep. smiling. Yep. That's creepy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like I re- god, like I remember going to bed that night and being like maybe I'll turn this light on. Maybe I'll just <laughs> also you heard, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Andy, don't don't surprise me. No. Standing boy. in the corner. It's going to happen. Smiling. Hey. Happen. Anyway. Like, why aren't my lights working? <laughs> Rian. So a movie that I wouldn't necessarily classify as horror, but it has everything to do with horror, is Tragedy Girls. This came out in 2017. It is about two young high school girls trying to get their hits on social media by following um, local serial killers. Yep. 
and uh it was very fun yeah it is Mm -hmm. uh i liked it visually a lot i felt like it was kind of relatable um, as far as social media goes yeah um yeah overall i enjoyed it it's not like it's a like i said a great horror movie but it definitely has all those I mean, there's some gory bits in it. Yeah, I was gonna say I I consider it a horror film. Uh, Like Big Al. Yeah. I I think it's yeah it's pandering to a certain audience. Definitely. But um, yeah, it was it was effective. They were pretty annoying at times. um, But they're supposed to be because they're they're teenage girls. So they're teenage Mm -hmm. girls, and that's what that's life. It's like Twitter the movie. Pretty much. yeah. Yeah. If Twitter was a horror movie. Kind of reminded yeah. me of that movie. I think it was called Hits. Um, oh, I don't know that one. It was not a horror movie. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, we watched that together. That was good. Yeah. But it was also about the effect of social media and how people behave with it oh. just so that they can get their 15 minutes of spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. When it comes down to it, I thought the movie was okay. I thought there was parts of it that I was just like, that's just ridiculous. Like, I know that you probably need that to end the plot. Like with well, it's an exaggeration, dude. For sure. Like, why the fuck would they leave that guy alive? (laughs) It felt like a comedy. I didn't understand. It is a comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a comedy. I mean, it's a horror comedy with commentary about social media. That's all it is. Some people kept equating it to Scream, and I don't know. No, 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 no. No. It's alright. It's alright. Watch it. That's on the Hulu, isn't it? I think it is on. Hulu. Yeah, it's. It was on Hulu. So yeah, Tragedy Girls is available on Hulu if you want to watch it. Yeah, uh, I actually so uh, her my my wife's brother, my brother in law came over and uh, I wanted to show him some movies and we watched Mandy. I haven't seen this since Andy showed it at Light Night Grindhouse, so it was nice to give it a rewatch at home. Um, it stands up. It is uh, again probably one of my f- I think it was my favorite movie of 2018. For sure. Uh, yep, I agree. It, it the sound, the the score, the the soundtrack, uh, the visuals. Nicholas, goddamn Cage. Nicholas uncaged. I mean, pretty much. Nicholas it, enraged. I'm telling you, there's a there's a thing where I think in the mid 2000s, Nicholas Cage was basically in like every movie, and um, I think it was post when he did um, Ghost Rider. Post that, it was just like, oh, God, Nicolas Cage is in another movie. And uh, this was like his saving grace. Like, it it really just everything that is good about Nicolas Cage is in this film. His expressions, his ability to just scream and be over the top. And lose control. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. lose control. Just be over the top. It, and it makes sense in context. Like, you can watch him in, like, any other movie, and you're just like, okay, uh, that's way too much, bro. Take it back ten notches. But this, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, it fits in. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so my brother-in-law was definitely just like, uh, what? Attention. Yeah, well, not paying attention. Scrolling. Well, scrolling. But his friend was over, and he was definitely enthralled and just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. So we ended up actually doing a double feature with that in Hobo with a shotgun. Oh, wow. Because I've decided that... Not beyond the black rainbow, huh? No, because I... <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. I feel like... So my... I was talking to Andy about this. I was like, the perfect trilogy is 
Mandy, which is a nice burn, slow burn kind of build up movie. You go to Hobo with a shotgun, which is ridiculous, but still has some context to like now. And then you go to Father's Day and that has nothing. to. (laughs) (laughs) That's just batshit crazy. But it all has that same grit vibe and also like psychedelic tones to it that I feel like it's perfect. But uh, yeah, rewatching Mandy was a blast. And uh, if you haven't seen this movie, it is streaming now um, on was it Shutter? Shutter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sign up for the seven days just yeah. to watch this movie. Because if if you enjoy the psychedelic movie, if you enjoy a really gory movie, anything, if you like horror or you like psychedelic things, this is the movie for you. That movie is like one of those films that's like a sensory experience where absolutely it's just like a visual and uh, audible. Is that a word? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's just that kind of ride. And I, I, that's what I love about it is it's just like one of those films that you can just watch and, you know, it doesn't need a whole lot of dialogue. There is no dialogue and that's, needed. And it's fine. And like, it's fine. I think like that's the, what saved Nick Cage. Yeah. The music carries the movie and like just like the physical acting yeah. of the characters carries the movie. And of course, the way it's shot, like it's just beautiful the way it looks and, and everything. The, and I, that's what I, I love that kind of movie. After I watched it in the theater, I went back and watched Beyond the Black Rainbow again. And I still don't necessarily like that movie. I think it has everything that I would like in it, mm-hmm. but the story just doesn't add up to me. And I right. know that it doesn't matter because it's one of those movies. But right. at the same time, it's like. You could have done something with this. You know, it's so gorgeous. Why wouldn't you just make it add up? You know, why yeah. why make it, you know, make the story a little simpler? Because it's so beautiful and so the sounds and everything they did about that film is great. But it's just so crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. And Mandy, I felt like, made a lot more sense. Like you had a, a conceptual story. It's a revenge tale. And it's nothing but that. And yeah. very cohesive. Yeah. And even like the the crazy religious cult stuff kind of makes sense because we've as people that watch horror movies, especially you see enough cult shit. We've just talked about another movie with cult shit. So it's like, you know what these wacko people, you know, are doing up in the, the woods, I guess. Clearly they're they're being crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would suggest everyone see this movie. If I think I think that was like uh, when we did our top ten. Oh yeah, I think that was on everybody's list, wasn't it? It had to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, well, it wasn't everybody's number one. I don't think. But. No, but I'm just saying, if you're if you're listening to this, you you should see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not listening to this podcast. Oh yeah, it's as a person who doesn't like horror. If you like horror and you haven't seen this, check it out. Yeah, that was the top five for me. I had people be like, "Oh, well, you know, Nick Cage is in it." I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Nick Cage is not a bad actor, though. It, I mean, he's he, in my he, eyes. He he makes he he's made bad choices. He's made money. He's made money, and it's but, fine. But he's he's had been a bad movie. lieutenant. He's had movies where he's had good performances. Leaving like, Las Vegas is a good movie with him in it. Bringing yeah. out the dead with bringing out yeah, bring, yeah that's good. like he's really good in that movie. You got one, know. Andy? Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, raising Arizona is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. Raising Arizona. But I mean, he's just flexing his comedic, comedic muscles on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cage, bro. 
Cage. Bro. I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the director that's directing him. And I like, and, and I did like him in him. the Wicker Man remake. I did. Yeah, he's all right. And then the ending kind of ruined it. But you know, hey, yeah, he was fine in it. The alternate ending, right? Because the theatrical ending is totally different. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> adaptation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah adaptation. Yeah, that was good. Cool. All right, welcome to Cage Hour. Sorry. The right. ca- raging. <laughs> raging with the cage. All right. Uh, to finish it up, I did, uh, after watching All the Colors of the Dark, I did want to watch a Giallo film. And I watched Don't Torture a Duckling, which <laughs> is more of a Giallo than All the Colors of the Dark and is classified as one, but it is not the typical Giallo film. This one's a little more serious. It's uh, essentially about... and. <laughs> Ooh boy, it's kind of rough to watch because it has to deal with kids. It is rough to watch, um, but it's essentially there is a child that is found murdered. Um, there's a couple of kids that get murdered essentially, and the small town is trying to figure out what's going on and who committed these horrible acts, and they keep finger pointing to essentially people that you know one person's found a kid in the woods and he gets blamed for it even though he's screaming to the police I didn't do it I just found him and it doesn't matter because he was at the scene of the crime so they just automatically assume it's him and they, he goes to jail and yeah um, then there's a local witch that is also in this town and she gets blamed for it and there is a pretty strong scene um in a uh, graveyard setting that has I forget the song but it's it's like a catchy upbeat kind of 60s song or like a, a early soul 70s song maybe and um it is really it plays with the dissonance of having this happy go lucky song with the brutality that's happening and it's interesting because this is directed by Lucio Fulci, but it is not. <laughs> it I it's hard for me to say it's a Fulci film, except for that brutal beating in the graveyard. Then you get like, oh, okay, that's something I'm familiar with. But for the most part, he, he's very restrained in this, um, as far as you know, the all-out gore. Yeah, I was about to say, like when I watched it, I had no idea it was a Fulci film. Yeah, I, until you, I think you brought it up, I wouldn't have known because it's. Different. It's yeah. totally different. Than Honestly, I think it's maybe his best directed film. I mean, with script wise, yeah, for sure. The yeah. story is yeah, way yeah. it's the story is very, very, yeah. very strong. Yeah. Um, but I think his direction's on point as well because he sets up some of these scenes just really well. Um but yeah, don't torture a duckling. It is I mean, I wouldn't it is a little bit of a rough rock watch just because it has to deal with children. But it's nothing, you know, hey, if you've seen Serbian film, you'll be all right. Fuck. <laughs> That's something somebody said once. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think it is uh, well worth a watch. I think it's an excellent um, an excellent film, and I would highly recommend it. I think it's on Amazon Prime, possibly. I don't, It's so hard to keep track because, like, Arrow puts out stuff on Amazon Prime. It, yeah, I mean, but they Prime is funny cuz it always has if you don't have Prime, get Prime cuz it's got the best selection of horror films that is on any streaming service. Even Shutter, it has way more. 
But the problem is, is they go back and forth. They'll just like have it on for a couple weeks and then it goes away. Yeah, it's it's the streaming rates. But yeah, I think it's either on uh, Shutter or it's on Prime. It's on one of those. I'll I'll just tell you that much, and you could totally check it out that way. I watched it through the Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, totally totally worth. I think everybody's time, and especially if you're a Fulci fan, and for whatever reason this just kind of bypassed you. Uh, definitely watch it. It is on Prime. I just verified that the film Don't Torture a Duckling that I'm talking about is on Prime. So you can check it out that way if you don't want to go buy the Blu-ray. All right. We've done it. We've gotten through what we've been watching. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, get up in them guts on Midsommar. 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 I Midsommar. Alright, so this segment of Get Up In Them Guts, we are talking about the new film that everybody's been waiting for. As Niles has put it, this is his summer anticipated movie. Oh, wait, <laughs> that doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> Niles explained to me horror movies that he anticipates every season. There's seasonal horror films. The last one was Us. That, that was your spring That was choice. my spring joy. You know, my jam. Yeah. My Jamie jam. Spring joy. But I, I'm just saying, like, you, when you... Like to start the year, you're like, yeah. oh, that's coming out then. Yeah. That's coming oh, out then. Oh, for sure. So uh, your picks are Us for Spring, which you've seen and you liked. Oh yeah. Uh, Midsommar. Yes. Which we'll get into. It too. Uh, uh, it too is your fall. Yeah. And then uh, Doctor Sleep. Winter is Doctor Sleep. Probably, even it's probably though either it's... Doctor Sleep or Black Christmas. I don't know. Oh yeah. I want them to do a good job with Black Christmas. Oh, I my want God, it to I be do too. So bad. I mean, well, nobody wants they're... them to do a bad. No. Job. Well, yeah, but. Okay, so there's there's a I'm not the guy who's like, oh, don't remake things. Everybody's just remaking. Well, yeah, because we us as human beings, we can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we've made a lot of good shit so far. So yeah, making it in higher quality, I'm okay with it. Sometimes, yeah. like you said, Child's Play, it was all right. It was different. Sometimes it was up to date. A remake can be a home run, right? John so, Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, no. So mitts like the the. Black Christmas, I mean, what they're describing is, is, you know, this is going to be a more femme-positive film, which I'm okay with. I don't really care, because I'm a dude. But I have a wife, and she's excited about it. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm just, you know, I hope they do it right. I hope it's just not just, like, ugh. You know, so Midsummer. Sorry, just edit all that out. I'm sorry. Uh, This is the new film that just came out. So, hopefully... um, You've seen the movie. Uh, if not, don't worry. We'll try to summarize our thoughts without spoiling anything, and then we'll let everybody know once we're ready to spoil. But uh, this is directed by Ari Aster, who we talked about previously with Hereditary. He also wrote it, and apparently he wrote it during a really bad breakup, and uh, <laughs> that is definitely reflected in this. I hope he's okay. I hope he's all right. <laughs> I hope he's Who okay. hurt you, bud? <laughs> <laughs> so this one's starring uh, Jack Renner, Florence Pugh, who, you know, after seeing this film, I went and watched uh, Fighting With My Family, which came out earlier this year, and she's good in it. I mean, I think the movie's all right. Uh, William Jackson Harper and Will 
Poulter, who was supposed to be our original Pennywise in the new huh. movie. I could have totally seen that. Yeah. Apparently, he's really terrifying in the movie Detroit that uh, Catherine Bigelow Wait, is directed. This, is, this the, is this the comic relief character? Yes. Okay, he is kind of creepy looking. <laughs> Sorry. He looks like Sid from Toy Story. Yes. He totally Yes. Does. If they ever made a live action Toy Story, there you go. You know that's coming up. <laughs> Fucking Disney. Uh, the music is done by the Hacks and Cloak, which is really, I mean, that's not his actual credit in the movie. He goes by his real name. But the Hacks and Cloak is a producer and obviously a musician that has produced some really eclectic kind of music uh, varying from doom to synth to a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Health is one of the newer bands that I really dig. And, uh, well, they're not that new, but he's behind some of the production on that. Really? Yeah. I love them. Yeah. That's cool. This is distributed by A24, so we know we're in for some artsy stuff. And uh, shot in Budapest, not Sweden. Sorry. Currently sitting at an 85% of Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you, Niles, for all these stats. I try. Yeah. So um, I will say that even though I don't... Hmm, do I want to say what happens at the beginning? I'm I not going to go into detail. Uh, I think it's... But something... I'll, I'll just say this. Here's the great thing about what Ari... Even though I wasn't the hugest fan of Hereditary, uh, I ended up liking Midsommar better than Hereditary. But whether I liked the product that he puts out or not, he knows how to establish a mood and he knows how to establish unease because pretty much from frame one, I'm like, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll say also that he's really good at getting the women that he works with in his films to yeah. protr- to portray their grief in such a way that it is shaking. Yeah. yeah um, it feels very real. I think that's Just one of sobbing. maybe his most strongest points is the female actresses that he, he works with is that he's not pushing them to the side or pushing them in the back. They're always in, in the front, yes. in the foreground, or they, they are... They're, they are the centerpiece of the these two movies. And granted, I mean, this is his second film. It doesn't hit, in my opinion, a sophomore slump. At oh, all. God, no. Uh, not okay. at all. Because you, you guys liked Hereditary more than yeah. I did. But I think you also liked this. I think, well, like, jumping on what you were saying, you know, the other thing that I noticed is, like, how they dressed her. Yeah. The entire time she's in sweatpants. Like, that's realistic. Very depressed. Yeah. The grief, depression, that stuff, it's... He, he makes it real like because you know i think most directors would have been like oh yeah she's a cute girl let's dress her in some short shorts and it's summertime let's have fun yeah. she's, she's going on vacation yeah she's literally cute. wearing no. baggy tees and like you know and Hair that's in a bun. it really you know i don't yeah so the basic story about this is essentially you have um you have her uh, God, man, this is going to be tough. I say we just jump in. I think you have to jump we, in. We, we no, 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 no. I think gotta. we can do this on a really simplistic level, but let's just say that this short, non-spoilery review is not going to be long. So, Do we get to get into the spoilers? Yeah, yeah we, we will be to. able. We have to. We we'll have to. We'll send out an alert. But yeah, we'll, we'll have a alert or something. Anyway, uh, Florence Pugh plays Danny, and uh, she... Her and her boyfriend Christian, or is it Christian? Christian, yeah. I thought that was kind of a strange. Christian. I mean, he's 
the actor himself is I don't know if he's Scottish or um or what, but he's oh, he uh moved to Ireland, so he's Irish. But he's American in this film. I don't know why he's got the different pronunciation, but whatever. Anyway, uh Danny and Christian are in a relationship. They've been in a relationship for um almost about at the first time we meet this, we're introduced to these two characters. It's about two and a half years. And essentially something traumatic happens. Their relationship is tested, but it it was kind of on the rocks. I Yeah, I was about to at say, the beginning. I don't. So I what I consider it is a typical college relationship. Yeah, it is convenience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're growing as adults. You're figuring out life and, you know. He's not having as much fun as she's having, um, and but it, is she even having fun? So that's, that's the whole thing. point, and, and it's like, it's really just a, a shell of a relationship. And I mean, right. when you talk about the director going through a breakup, I think he's really dwell, getting into like the personals yeah. of yeah. not like bad relationships, but relationships you're kind of just stuck with, and um, that's exactly it. Yeah, because at the beginning of the film, we we see Danny's side of of what is happening. And then it, it shifts out. She has a conversation with Christian, and he's like, oh, I'm just hanging out with, you know, Josh and uh, a couple of other people, Mark. Or no, it was Mark. He was hanging out with Mark. And uh, she's she's basically saying, like, oh, well, uh, I thought we were going to hang out. And he's like, oh, did we have plans? Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's injecting herself into this Um. Obviously, what's happening... God, this is so tough. She's going through a hard time, and she wants to spend time with her boyfriend. There That's you go. a normal thing yeah. to want, yeah, yeah, yeah. but clearly he's not that into her but anymore. But what's, what's really happening, though, is like more worse than that. But anyway, um, so yeah, then we go over to his side of the story, really, and he's hanging out with his friends at like a local restaurant and all of his friends are trying to convince Christian to break up with her. Like it's time, you know, you're always helping her out psychologically. I mean, he's bitching about her constantly. So yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, dude, do you not see like the reality of your situation? You're not happy. You're not get well. The one guy's like, basically, she's not liking you know banging you. So yeah. and he's already yeah. looking at other girls. Like there's the waitress. The waitress. Yeah, oh, yeah you yeah, could. Yeah. He's constantly looking yeah. at other women, <laughs> which comes in the play later. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So something really traumatic happens, and then essentially their, I wouldn't say their relationship gets stronger, but he feels, I think he feels some guilt. Mm-hmm. And obligation. even well, obligation. But I think he also feels guilt because he was thinking about breaking up with her, and then this thing happens, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Oh God, I should never do that again." But then there's also it, he has the struggle with his friends because his friends, especially one of them, who is from Sweden, uh, that wants to take all of his friends out to this um, feast that his family participates in and it happens every is it 70 or 90 years 90 90 um and he's like let's go back to my homeland we'll chill out take mushrooms and you know just have a good time and kind of disconnect right which is very relatable i think to a lot of people now especially with you know all the internet and just how connected we are to to social media and stuff so i was like oh that's very relatable so the time comes around where 
his friends are at a party and she's with uh, Christian and they start talking about it and she's like, oh, oh, you're doing this. And he's like, yeah, well, we talked about it. And he's trying to like slightly brush her off. I mean, like, oh, well, I'm probably not going. I feel like it's one of those things like he... (laughs) He was just going to be gone be like, oh, yeah, P.S., I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and but, this is how we break up. But yeah. when they get back to the apartment and they have the one-on-one conversation, she's like, you already bought your ticket. and There's no thinking about this. You're going. Yeah, like they had a conversation in the car that you don't see. And it's clearly about him being like, all right, I already got my ticket. And yeah. this is actually happening. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he finally, again, feels some more guilt, I guess. And sort of convinces his friends that she's going and by sort of convinces just says hey she's coming over and we're going to talk about this oh she's also going by the way you, you guys suggested said she could come, just so you know just so you know the backstory of my lie yeah yeah so <laughs> i love i relate see that's the thing is i love like, the look of the friends yeah yes. they're just like what the fuck I've, yeah. I, I've been in this relationship so like that's the thing it's like I identify with this because I've been in a lot of relationships prior to my lovely wife right over here Hello. and I feel like yeah I've done that it's like a fake relationship you're yeah, just going through them I don't want to be, be alone put out yeah, of its um, I'm young and it's just kind of like I guess this is working but yeah like that pressure from her being depressed yeah, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like leave her by herself and yeah. like I mean, and put like her you, in the worst. It's not state. like you don't care about her, like as a person, but you're not necessarily like enjoying your young relationship. You right, could yeah. be doing other things. You're in college. Have fun. You're going. You're about to go to Europe. Do yeah. you want to bring her along? Which not Will really. Poulter is the is the the kind of like stereotypical dude where he's like, oh, I'm gonna get so much ass. Are we going through? What was it? Um, Stockholm. Stockholm. Mm-hmm. He's like, we gotta go through Stockholm and we gotta go to the sex places. And yeah, dude. He's like, we're not. They're called going the Pulpen House, oh, which is a dollhouse. Oh, oh. where women Red hang out in the uh, shop front windows, displaying mm. their goods. Their goods. <laughs> their goods. <laughs> but what's funny is one of their friends is, you know, like I said, he invited them to the the festival, and he's like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're not even going there. So uh, they they arrive at like a pretty disconnected part of the country, um, and they go take mushrooms because that's always a good idea after flying that long. I, I just I don't know I don't know if I'd go that hard. I love the depiction down. of all of these different characters yeah. and how they're handling the shrooms because there is that <laughs> annoying friend Mark. Yeah. Who's just like, you guys, I'm I'm gonna lay down. Everybody else lay down. Everybody else lay Every- down. Yeah. Is everyone okay? But I mean, so funny because Uh oh, he's vaping. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? In the in the trailer, like that's kind of played it off as like something horrific happening in that it's just a weird ass place. You know, like when he's like, What time is it? You know, the sun's still out. But then when you watch the movie, they're just high. <laughs> I mean, it's... Well, no. I, I mean, that too, but like... But, they but they also have, like, less darkness. I mean, there is that, but I mean, too. but I mean, midnight I sun. was just like... The land of the midnight sun. Right. But I mean, like, I'm just saying, in the trailer, it's played off as more... Something supernatural. Something supernatural yeah, yeah. And weird happening. And that's why, like, during when you're actually watching the movie, like, it makes that joke land even harder. I mean it's, yeah. it's one of those typical dudes who's like over the top like he's just a bro and he he's vaping, vaping constantly 
he's like, oh, yeah, chicks, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, mushrooms. I'll take, like, 20 and then can't hang. Yeah. He's that guy. Like, so that <laughs> it was nice to see. I mean, he's just the comic relief. So, like, throughout yeah. the movie, that's his role is to be, like, the bro character, the the you know, it's the guy you want. He's the Fred. The poon the He's the Fred. <laughs> but uh, William Jackson Harper, who plays um, their friend uh, Josh, he is actually also going there to write his thesis. Yeah. Uh, about just general traditions. Not, well, because he's just an anthropology major. Right. And right. this is like. Oh, I get deep into something that's like secretive and nobody really knows about. But Christian apparently, like, it's kind of somewhat revealed earlier that he doesn't know what he's going to do his thesis on. And later on in the film, he is like, "Oh, I'm going to do it on this." <laughs> and Josh is like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> I love the Josh character because I feel like he helps the audience he navigate what's going on a little bit more. So because he's almost teaching us, yeah. Because he's like, "Oh, I study this all the fucking time." Here's kind of what's going on. And before the first day of celebration, you see him just kind of go to bed like, okay, I know what's coming. Well, I'm not going to tell anyone. It's interesting to just look at that group in general, right? You have yeah. Josh who helps the audience. Mark is also helping the audience by being the comedy relief. And then you have, uh, is it Pele? I forget yeah. how you pronounce it now. Pele, who is the native. And then there's Danny and Christian who yeah. have their own thing that's also happening. So, um, yeah, and then they're introduced to, you know, a different culture that they're not really familiar with, except for Pele, who obviously is from that village. Right. Um, and, yeah, it, strange shit starts happening. I will say that when they took the mushrooms, I, I like the manipula- the digital manipulation of yeah. everything. I like Lovely. how the flowers Be- breathe. Yes. Because, because that helps the audience. Like, I've never done shrooms before, and I, that helps the audience kind of guide their way through you know what's happening there was a shocking amount of hallucinogenics used in this movie more so than i expected yeah but i have also read books that are about like you know ancient cultures and whatever sure and it's just constant it's commonplace yeah if you look at even like native american culture that's commonplace like peyote i mean those things existed they were uh, a way to transcend into an alternate way of thinking and yeah it was normal for that to be part of tradition and, and part of ceremony especially because you know with the beliefs of these spiritual deities that you know you can't visibly see but man if you yeah. take you take the right amount of something you can see some shit so funny story about peyote i always thought it was a Baby coyote. Oh, <laughs> it's cute. I was like pediatrician coyote. So uh, Yeah, <laughs> we ready to jump into some details. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, basically, uh, shit, shit goes awry. You can't really imagine what's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, if you liked Hereditary, I would highly recommend you check this out. Even if you didn't like Hereditary, where you know I was kind of lukewarm on it. So um, I think it's still worth. I watch. think if you if you enjoy the Wicker Man, that vibe of the the springtime terror, <laughs> it's the summer terror. Yeah, it's it's a daytime scare. This is going to be the spoiler section. So again, if you haven't seen it, uh, come go see it and then come back and then we're going to talk about it. All right, Patrick, go ahead. So what's interesting is how I'd mentioned that they're they're both kind of written. About that same time, but uh, 
they both had that same theme of grief and uh in hereditary it was charlie and in uh midsummer it's the personal tragedy of danny's parents and her sister and it's really horrific and disturbing the way it happens and you know except this happens much earlier in the film than in hereditary like this is like right off the bat and it what i didn't understand though i think this is my my only issue with the movie yeah is that's whereas with hereditary you had the personal tragedy and it carries throughout the entire film I feel like in Midsommar, it's kind of forgotten about. I, uh, no, I mean, mm. but you see flashbacks. I, okay, it, so I like, agree with you. But, I actually brought that up yeah. right after we saw it. I talked to Andy about it, and I said, it's almost like it's two movies. But the beginning of it had to happen for you to have the emotions you had for those characters later on. It did, but it but it was a lot. It you is know what a I mean? lot. Like she was, went through a lot. She did. And but, so when but, she acts the way she does at the end and just how it's just like days and yeah. just everything is almost surreal and she just accepts her role. And I think because well, she was under hallucinogenics sure, as well. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the fact that she, this ghastly, awful thing happened to her world, her world just yeah. ended. I mean, I, I like that it's there. I like that those themes are carried throughout the rest of the movie and it, it does add a lot to her character but I do kind of wish like in the latter half of the film like, it would have brought it her, back up her sister would she would have talked more about her sister or something I, I, like, I, I agree I, I wanted to know I more said that to him I literally said it. yeah. it's almost like it was two movies yeah and they're both successful one's very that's sh- yeah. the, the imagery of the hose and the mouth oh, and then like man, it was so the dead oh, parents man. was like holy fuck that's like, that gruesome just heartbreaking yeah. yeah the beginning of this movie made me cry yeah. like honestly it was less than 10 minutes in and I was like ready to start sobbing I, yeah because it was so I know I said this so whenever horrid. we got out I'm like I don't know what's wrong with me but once the pan was happening <laughs> in the bedroom I'm like mm-hmm. something's wrong yeah something really bad's gonna happen and then oh, I thought they were dead the the first shot of the dad's face yeah. in bed I'm like He's fucking dead. Yeah. That's what people think when they see you sleeping high. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, once the garage, like, once she said... Um, no, 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 no. Well, no. Yeah. Once she said that I think something is really bad, or I forget how she addresses it, but she's trying to get in touch with her sister, and her sister puts in the line of, like, mom and dad are coming with me. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Everything is And then dark. once they open the garage, I'm like, oh, fuck. I did not expect... I, I expected her sister to be in the same room with her parents just to kind of, like, oversee everything. I did not expect two separate ho- hoses and one in her fucking mouth. That yeah. shit, dude. That really got to me. And it, it, Astro does not shy away from it. He, like, does a slow pant, like, a dolly in... Mm-hmm. So you get to see th- all the gruesome details. I thought it was super cool that like it scrolled up into the face, like well, you know whatever yeah. the Facebook app was, and it like yeah. shows like all the messages mm-hmm. popped up on the screen. Yeah. Still, it's like oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Hereditary, the big shock moment was seeing Charlie's head on the side of the road. I feel like the big shock moment in this movie. I think we got to talk about this scene. Is they have this ritual where. Once you turn 72, was that right? Yes. Yeah. The Chosen Elders. You 
basically sacrifice sacrifice yourself. yourself and you jump off the edge of this cliff killing yourself because I guess they 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 view each and that's traditional that's they, not that's not just this movie yeah. too no. I remember they brought that up in the the sitcom dinosaurs where you, you remember? I don't know. I watched it, and then yeah. they would That's throw the elder off you the cliff. Disney's yeah. So it wouldn't be a. And yeah. I think in like uh, Alaskan culture, uh, the Native American culture, you didn't want to be a burden to your family, so yeah. you just like floated along on an iceberg. Yeah. So they say they they view each life cycle as a season or something like that, which like, is so uh, poetic, and which is yeah. kind of interesting. And but yeah, so when that happens, when that first elder jumps. <laughs> You know, you just hear the splat, and you see them fall on the rock. So good. you don't and just see her fall on the rock. But, but that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at is like you you don't think it's gonna show anything, but then you do that slam cut to the smashed in face, and I was like, right. oh fuck, there it is. Okay, there's the Charlie's head moment on the side of the road. She bounced kind of off thing. the rock. rock. Yeah, that yeah. shit. And they show, and I was like, of course he's gonna show a close up of it. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. It was so but good. It was good. But Sadly, even though we were at a total press screening, there were a couple people that laughed at it. And I think like, it's... Oh, my God. Yeah, and I think... I don't know if it was, like, nervous laughter. I they always do that. Like, I hate... I'm sorry. I know you're probably out there, listener, that does this, but I fucking hate you. <laughs> if it's something that's traumatic and it's supposed to make you feel a certain negative connotation, like, you're supposed to feel bad... Yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up! Like let it let it happen. Embrace I know you were you're uncomfortable and you just mm-hmm. be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that was the that that in the opening uh, tragic moment. Like th- those were the two things that I was like, oh man, I th- I don't think it ups hereditary in that sort of disturb. I mean, there's things about the movie that's disturbing, but yeah. <laughs> but it it's not like a I can't sleep at night kind of movie, I guess. And I think that's because with hereditary, it's a child that dies. And it's also like in America, so with Midsommar, you're kind of disconnected from yeah. your foreign culture. It's taking yeah. you out of your home. That too. And I think like I really like Midsommar, but I think it didn't bother me as much because you know, you have like kind of it's it's more weird than spooky, I guess. It's know. a different culture. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and that's fine. I took it as, uh, and I I think the mo- this the most successful point about this film is the fact that like I almost took it as going to summer camp. Yeah, it was. I was p- completely engulfed. I was there with them. I was a guest at this viewing. I was a guest through the whole thing. Like we talked about earlier, there were guides. The American students were guides to us. They were experience, experiencing this with us. You had, um, and you had different viewpoints. And like we we didn't talk about the Pele character. Right. Watching him just disconnect and like stop being close. Yeah. Stop being present for his guests that yeah, he just drug all the way yeah, out he, here. He drug these people out there, and then they just he just kind of like disappeared. Right. He like and yeah. his character. He was very. Uh, he was kind of likable. He was very likable, and then all of a sudden, yeah. he just wasn't. He just he, wasn't anything. He was. He was. He had backed away from his friends, and yeah. they didn't ask him about anything. They weren't, you know, because they were worried about stuff. Oh, you're like have your hand up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I go will ahead. say yeah. about him, he was supposed to be likable. 
because he is luring yeah. these people. Well, that's the obvious here. Yeah, no. Right. So I get of course that. he's going to disconnect from them. Are you going <laughs> to no, get closer just, to somebody right before they saying, get um, killed? If I was there in that experience, but, and then all of a sudden he just starts acting completely different, I, I, I said that I would have been gone day one. Yeah, but Especially, he does get closer to Danny. Which is the kind well, yeah, of weird the, part. Well, yeah. from the beginning, he's getting closer to her because he knows that she has no family, so she'd yeah. be perfect to bring into this community. He'd yeah, be- but like once, once she's there, what's really the drive for him to do that? Is he like trying to mack on her? Or? He might he, be trying does, to mate her. He does kiss her at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. Feel like maybe he's trying to mate her. They do mention the fact that they have to bring in outside parties because otherwise right. everyone's going to be inbred. Yeah, right. he 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 brings up the fact that. Uh, <laughs> Christian has forgotten her birthday and he makes that illustration for her and I remember when that first happened I was kind of like oh where's he going with this like he's kind of he bringing feel up like these home to you vulnerabilities and stuff and right but uh but what's weird about the movie though and that I kind of let it sit on me especially after watching Hereditary and I was thinking more about Mutsumar is I think Danny and I think Danny is the only character I actually like in the movie, though. I think that's my that's another issue I have with it. And I think I I'll watch it again. I'll probably it's still one of my favorite movies of the year so far. But that's a minor gripe I have with it. I didn't is, care that any of them died. I feel I, that, that's what I'm saying. I <laughs> and feel that's like, how you're supposed to feel. I feel like in that respect, right. it's a step down from Hereditary because the all the friends that come along on the trip, they kind of feel like tropes well they were yeah and i, I mean, and i kind of it's all about her and becoming I know, the may queen i know and <laughs> it is it is but i kind of felt like like ari aster like eh, you're better than that. who it, did you want to be the hero he's he i honestly think he's the best horror director working today i'll say that i don't yeah really, but it, but he's no jordan peele uh he's i think he's better than jordan no peele. absolutely oh no i take it back. oh yeah no, i do no. i do disagree i do so you think this movie was better than us Yes. Ooh. What about Get Out? No. That's not this year. <laughs> That's not we this were year. About Jordan Peele. No, we were talking about yeah. best Dear film of the year, horror wise. <laughs> okay, maybe. Okay, maybe they're maybe they're even. Maybe they're even. They're touching but tips. Maybe. <laughs> if you want to say that. Okay. But no, it us is. Uh, maybe yeah, I do like us. This is strong too, man. I'm not saying yeah, I don't. No, it I, is I strong. really it dug is this strong, movie. But that, I liked but, it way more than I liked Hereditary. Yeah, I just like I said, I just wish the other characters were more likable. That's that's it. But but Danny, like I love Danny because you feel so bad for her throughout the whole movie, and you're just like you're surrounding yourself with these awful people. Not, and I'm not even that don't necessarily to, really care about her. Yeah, they I'm, don't care about her at all. At all, for Christian at the beginning. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's what's okay. Yeah, she ends up having this redemption song, and that's the funny thing. But it's about not it. a good one. That's the funny thing about it is like these terrible things happen in the movie to her, quote unquote, friends, and at the end when she has that smile on her face. It's oh, like so it's good. like a sense of relief, even though something awful just happened. It's like did it though? <laughs> did it? No, I, I mean you know what I mean. It's but like the like, only time we actually see her happy. In yeah, the whole movie. it's like all it this so good. weight is taken off her. Shoulders and honestly, and like I, I yeah. like and all I like the characters. That. I do. Uh, I don't, except for Mark. 
I really yeah. I think he's You're the not one. supposed to like him because he's yeah. shitty. Yeah, I mean I guess he's the only one that I don't feel any tie to. I I, I like you're a nice boy. Yeah. Andy. Oh, I'm a nice boy. I like Pele. I think he's you know, he gives off the impression of being warm and welcoming and he's like, Oh no, these are my and he that was the other thing is like when they first enter that field and they stop the car and they're like, Oh, we're gonna walk to the village from here. These are my friends, like from all around the world and he introduces them and you know there's a point where his brother comes to him and he like stops mid conversation and goes talk to him and he's like oh yeah come over come over you know he's just he seems like a really good dude and then Josh is supposed to be the educated one right uh, on on some of these cultures as an outsider looking in and I like that out of that character uh, Christine is like the one that the douchebag I don't know if I would call him a douchebag I would he definitely has tendencies but I, I mean, think it's his also his, his internal he, struggle of like his, his biggest get, problem get is he's not with. honest with himself yeah. of right. what he really wants and, right. and, and there's nothing wrong with that but there is something wrong with letting something be dragged out and I when you already know what the, the outcome should be yeah. being dishonest Honest. Cowardice. Ooh, cowardice. There Ooh, we go. Thesaurus. Okay, anyway. Um, but yeah, I think this is a very strong follow-up to Hereditary. Now, apparently this is going to be his last horror movie. I don't what? know if I'd buy that. That's like such a shame. If we need a true. third one. Can we just round out the trilogy? I mean, he could do a hard drama and it would feel just like this film. I there. If this movie was based on a true story... It wouldn't be a horror film. I feel like it would be like a drama. Yeah. If this, like, if he did like a Jonestown story, mm-hmm. which has horrific moments, mm-hmm. just like this does, but there's nothing in this that's supernatural. There's no. It's all human based. No. So it, the, if this I was mean, a it's true, just like Wicker Man, right? Sure. If it was a true story, it'd be a drama. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm almost of the personal opinion that he doesn't necessarily direct horror movies. He directs things that have horrific elements because hereditary is very much a family drama at a family at strain and then it gets into grief um it has some horrific elements and it has cult elements to it which this one does as well yeah um so my hope is that if even though he says this is my last horror movie that maybe he's still going to do something that has some of these elements that some people will classify it as a horror movie. There will be violent and gruesome. I know that. I, I he's feel too good yeah, at that. I feel like he's yeah, the that's shock going to stick with him for yeah. a little bit. I mean, I think what sets him apart compared to other directors, and like, yeah, I, I love Jordan Peele. He's uh, they're right up there, right next to each other. But Patrick, you're allowed to have your own opinion. Man. I know, I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm just not going to agree with it. So that's cool. I I don't care. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Oh, wow. I know. You're just kidding, Patrick. I know. I'm just saying what I like about Ari Aster is, like Andy mentioned, he's great at setting up that dreadful feeling. Like, he can set up that mood right away. And and I think it's his music choices as well, like Mm. Colin Stetson's music in Hereditary. Uh, Hex and Cloak in Midsommar and but they both have like that very big grand operatic feeling at the end and they those big finales at the end and that's what I really really like 
and it's but not only that but the the non jump scare scares is also something I really 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 dig yeah it, where slow it's just, pan it's just scare a, it's just a creepy getting like the farmhouse the chicken scare. coop yeah with oh. the eagle oh boy oh god Man, yeah, like, and there's kind of some body horror in this. I just, I just love, FYI. I love that he like slow pans. You see it the entire time, but he's just getting closer and closer into and these g- gory shit. Yeah, you see the lungs still and breathing. but also I love that like every shot, even if it's something really disgusting, every like it, it's just beautiful. He doesn't the, flinch the, away the, from the, it. Not only yeah that and but like. It's a gorgeous film, and like Hereditary has moments that are gorgeous to look at. Like just the way he works the camera, it, he does like the very weird angular type of things, and like the imagery that he uses. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of hard to put that into words, I guess. But well, you, you know what I'm saying. He's definitely a director that's kind of fascinated with iconography. Iconography, right? yeah. Uh, like you know, you have the Pyman symbol throughout hereditary and this mm. there's a lot of triangles and uh, you know there, there's a lot of symbols bears definitely just nature in the general. fool yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff he is fascinated with and he finds a way to utilize it throughout the whole movie also what i like about midsummer is that it is this kind of opposite of hereditary where hereditary is kind of a not dark in tone, but like a dark, aesthetically, visually, mm-hmm. it's a dark movie. But this one is just sun bleached throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's Flowers a few, the whole yeah, time. there's a few scenes where it's inside something that where it's dark, but especially like the how would we the mating ritual the, the mating ritual at the end? Yeah. Oh boy, what I'm the? surprised they got an R. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of nudity in that one. One scene. Uh, I could. I mean, that, people were laughing so hard, and I didn't know if I should laugh at that scene. That was really um, I just the dude's face when the old lady hands yeah. went onto his hams. You yeah. know, it's kind of funny. We saw the movie before it got rated. <laughs> No, no, yeah. no, yeah, nope, no, nope. yeah, we did. Nope, I know what you're talking about. It got rated the Friday before we saw it, but it wasn't announced. No, until afterwards. No, but if you look at the rating date, it was before. Our screen. All right, it I'll doesn't let, matter. I'll let you have this one. All right, all right. but I still get Midsummer. <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> let the record show that Patrick was the only one who knew how to properly pron- pronounce. This I, film name. I'm just teasing. Pronounce. 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 I'm just being funny. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think at, at, during that scene, Christian is definitely the audience like, what the fuck is happening? I'm just looking to get laid. I guess I'll, I'll fuck her. <laughs> I guess I'll fuck her. But yeah. Anyway, I think Midsommar is definitely worth a watch, especially if you're a fan or not a fan of Hereditary. I think it's a fucked up movie in general but it is it was actually a little more funny than i thought it would be yeah i'll tell you that much well it's just the awkward culture shock i think yeah that everyone is like uncomfortable with the foreign yeah yeah i mean but it also plays with the trope of like just having unlikable characters yeah but so mm-hmm. even though i personally didn't find a lot of things wrong with the majority of them i it still fucks with it so yeah anyway yeah, the it, movie fucks 
this movie made me want to move to Sweden oh. and become oh. part of this fucking All cult. Right. Right. I feel yeah. the opposite. I am never going there ever. Okay. Because you're a bear man. I'll go to Ikea. Yeah, I'm no bear. I know who I was in that movie, and I, I end up in a hut pubes. with a bear suit. Ikea. Yeah. Yeah, at Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> despite, like, those... Presented by Ikea. <laughs> minor gripes I have with the movie. It, was it I the re- menstruation re- in the cup? No. <laughs> One of these things doesn't go with the other. Despite the... <laughs> that uh, one's a little more tangy. Some of the character Ugh. choices, I... It... I really highly recommend it. I, I really did love it. It's... You know, I think it'd be a shame if he doesn't do another horror movie after that. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, this was the Wicker Man movie that I've always wanted. I'll just say it. There it is. Mm-hmm. You guys know how much I loved the original Wicker Man. And so you're will... going to watch this instead of the Wicker Man next? No. Oh, next. fuck. Oh, fuck. No, no, it'll be a double feature. Let's it is be a good so fucking real. And like Niles said, I really enjoyed the Joker aspect, or the fool, rather, yeah, yeah. that was put into this because it almost felt like a little bit of a tip of the hat Homage. to the Wicker Man. Tip of the hat. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Well, I mean, it was already getting those comparisons before the movie was yeah. released. But that's the cool thing is this movie is different. There's not a it lot is. of movies like this. Right, right. It is different. Daytime scare. I don't think it's the Wicker Man no. remake or anything Absolutely like that. Absolutely like, not. not it's remake, its own you know fucking movie, oh. but it's the same tone. It is. Something else. Going back to the previews for this movie, where mm-hmm. you just see the main character, Danny, screaming out in horror, you imagine that she's seeing something right. awful. You think that she's seeing her friends flayed alive, something awful, when really she's just going through her grief a little bit more, mm-hmm. and all the women around her are oh, also uh, yeah. just like screaming and moaning all with her, and it's not because... They're mocking her. It's because she is part of the family and they're all going through the emotions together. And I love that. I think that's a big part of it is like she had no one. Yeah. She left that her world died with her family. She had these fake people around her. She went to a place she didn't know and ended up being part of something for real. Like that was the point of it is she is them. They are her. This is that's the point of the movie is that, you know, you can go out of your body and become part of this bigger. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's deep. Yeah, it's a deep fucking movie. Niles, did you have anything else you wanted to say about it? Uh, it's a great film. Um, I think, you know, it's not I, I don't think it's it's number two for me of this year for horror films so far. Yeah. So, but yeah, it exactly was what I thought. It's it is, strong, though. It is my summer horror pick. There you go. Um, I haven't seen Child's Play, but I will say that I can guarantee this was not no. even close to being as, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that is our review and discussion about Midsommar. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. Patrick, where can people find you? Twitter at Max Rubo Rules, Instagram at Patkin Skywalker. You guys can find me on Instagram at Rinstelgram, which is R I N N S T L G R A M. You can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Niles Maddox, N I L E S M A T T O X 22. And uh, you can follow us as a collective at Destroy the Brain on Twitter and Instagram, also on Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. 
and our exclusive group, facebook.com slash groups slash we need to talk about horror. Thank you very much for listening to us uh, blab about a movie that hopefully you've seen. And I really hope we didn't spoil anything. Y'all should have paid attention to spoiler alert. I'm <laughs> um, not sure what the next episode will be, but our next event is Tuesday, July 9th, where we're showing Maniac in conjunction with the Messed Up Puzzles Maniac puzzle release. And we will be showing, I believe we're showing the 4K restoration of Maniac at the Heavy Anchor. Again, that I think starts around 9. So, um yeah, St. Louis, Missouri, unfortunately. Also in St. Louis, Missouri at the Heavy Anchor, we will be doing Horror Trivia Night on July 18th. It's a Thursday at 8 p.m. on, and it's free, so make sure you uh, come out. I know it's a Thursday, but hey, you just get through Friday and you're done, baby. All right, thank you very much. Our killer track is the end song from Midsommar. The sun ain't gonna shine anymore by the Walker Brothers. <laughs> Blue 
Great. We're going to keep doing that. Okay. Take on me. Take me on. Take on me. I'll be on. Oh, that was nice. Nice pullback, bro. Take it on. Yeah. <laughs> All right.